The bye week couldn't come soon enough if you're Oklahoma State. I'm Matt Jordan. Welcome into the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. After back-to-back losses to South Alabama and Iowa State, the Cowboys now get to take a look at themselves to see what can they approve upon as they have this off week, which comes at a great time right before what you could say are the two or two of the hardest games on the schedule as they host K-State and KU. Luckily for them, both those games are at home, but the schedule is not going to get easy for the rest of the season for Oklahoma State. Matter of fact, you could say the four easiest games on the schedule are out of the way, and the rest of the schedule is just going to get tougher and tougher, with the exception of maybe Houston, but the fact that that game's on the road, as well with West Virginia, on the road as well. So the season is uh, in turmoil with it just getting tougher and tougher as you move through the season and now the Cowboys are still setting with a conundrum and they of course out of nowhere made a decision at the starting quarterback position all week long leading up to it all right we're going to see the three quarterbacks again we haven't made a decision three quarterbacks again but then out of nowhere it's like Mike Gundy just made a decision I'm picking a running back I'm picking a quarterback and we're going with it because up until the Iowa State game everything had been distributed evenly between the three quarterbacks in Bowman, Gunnar Gundy and Garrett Rangel and the three running backs in Gordon Nixon and Collins. Collins doesn't even get a carry in this game against Iowa State. Ollie Gordon got 18 to Jaden Nixon's two. So, and Gordon did a lot with it. 18 carries for 124 yards, 6.7 yards a carry. Gordon shows why he's the best wide receiver on the team. Bowman, on the other hand, 23 of 48, a sub-50% completion percentage, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and only 278 yards of passing. Did only take the one sack. Just got out-dueled by Rocco Beck in this game. He was 27-38 for 348 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. The defense got outplayed massively. Iowa State was coming in off a horrible offensive performance, only scoring seven points against Ohio. They completely bounced back and put up monster numbers against Oklahoma State, scoring 34 points. The, the Vegas was so worried about how these two offenses has looked this season that the over-under was at 36. Iowa almost passed that by themselves. So defensively, this game was a nightmare for Oklahoma State. And when you look at what's coming up on the schedule, it offensively is not going to get easier for you. K-State and KU have shown that they're two of the best teams in the conference. West Virginia got a huge win against Texas Tech. Uh, Cincinnati didn't look good against OU, but they have looked good in other games this season. Then you get OU the first Saturday in November, and OU looks like the best offense in the Big 12. So it's just it's not going to be pretty. UCF in Orlando, you have to go to Houston, and then you finish up the season against BYU, who has looked good despite their loss to KU last week. So you've got to figure something out this week, or this season is going to get away from you very quickly. Because I don't look at too many of these games left on the schedule and say, okay, I think Oklahoma State can come away with a victory here. Because when you look at K-State, they're not beating K-State even at home. I don't. They're not beating KU even at home. It's going to be really hard to win at 
West Virginia. It's not going to be an easy victory against Cincinnati. Sure, you could say you're at home against Cincy. Let's chalk that up at a win. So that's but that's at that point you've lost five straight games if if that is your first win. And then you have to play OU at home, go to UCF to Orlando to take on the Golden Knights. Then you go to Houston and then you're back home against BYU. And you're looking at by the time you hit Bedlam, the season being over in a wash anyway. Uh, that could be your sixth loss of the season, and you're looking at not being bowl eligible by November 11th if you lose to UCF, or if you don't win any of these other games along the way. Could this be like the corn dog season with Taylor Cornelius at quarterback, where you lose to teams you shouldn't, and then you beat teams that you shouldn't? Possibly, Maybe they come out next Saturday, a week from Saturday, and they look really good against Kansas State, and they get the victory there. I just don't see that, that that's the path that this team is headed on. And to be honest, the quarterback situation, despite picking Alan Bowman, I, I think it was the wrong decision. Bowman just hasn't looked good. Like, I just don't think he's a good quarterback. And I know that you feel like or Gundy feels like he should stick with Bowman because he transferred in, it's his last shot, but Bowman just hasn't shown that he's good. Barely over 50% completion percentage. He has two touchdowns to three interceptions. He has the lowest quarterback rating of the three. If you don't want to go Gunner Gundy, the walk-on, then you got to go Garrett Rangel. you got to go Rangel. Like that's, that's the option here. Ringel, two touchdowns to one interception, 17 to 29 in the three games he's played. I think you rework things during the bye week and you look at going at Garrett Ringel and let Ringel go the rest of the season and see how he looks against K State and see how he looks against Kansas. Defensively, K State's going to be difficult. KU's defense is vulnerable. But so is yours. So Brian Nardo has to take a look at himself and figure out what did we do against Central Arkansas and what did we do against Arizona State that we weren't able to do against South Alabama, that we weren't able to do against Iowa State. And now to just pile on even more, you have Trey Rucker get arrested for a DUI and Rucker so far this season has been one of your contributing members of the defense. He's played in all four games. He has nine solo tackles, nine assist tackles. He's got a tackle for loss. And so he's been, I mean, he's, he's, I think, fifth on the team in tackles. So he's been a contributing member of this defense, another safety uh, guy that's back there. And now you add this, he's been arrested. So what is that going to look like the rest of the season with the DUI? At least it comes the bye weeks. So you have time to, to figure that out. But the team is in shambles. And Mike Gundy has to take a look at himself and say, how much of this is my fault? And to be honest, it's a lot of his fault. Um, the majority of it's his fault. You could say the whole thing is his fault because he hasn't adapted to the change in recruiting with the transfer portal. He hasn't adapted with NIL. He refuses to move on from Casey Dunn, who just is not a good offensive coordinator. Uh, everyone knows that. The fans know it. I think the players know it. It's time to move on from Dunn. Dunn just doesn't look good. I just You don't have to watch an Oklahoma State game on TV. You just can sit on Twitter and just watch fans talk about the Oklahoma State offense. Or 
members of the media talk about the Oklahoma State offense. When the average person can see how badly this offense is run and teams can talk about, okay, this is what we knew they were doing, so it was easy to figure out or easy to... Like, both losses, South Alabama and Iowa State, have had players come out and be like, all right, we knew that they were doing this because of this, or we were able to figure out this. Like, easy to read offensive and defensively. Like, there's a problem with that. You're not being creative enough play calling offensive and defensively. So the bye week, again, at a great time because Oklahoma State has a lot to figure out. It's just this season is going to be the worst in Gundy's career, which says a lot because year one and year two were not very pretty. And at what point do you decide that, okay, we have to go in a different direction? Is it a three-win season? Is it a four-win season? Do you miss a bowl game for the first time since year two and go, okay, it's been fun, you've done a lot for us, but it's time to move on. It's time to to rebuild. I mean, look at the look at what K State and and KU have done. Uh, K K State obviously a historic program, but they decided they had to move on from the best coach in their in their history to make a change, and brought in a guy in Chris Kleiman who's paid off dividends for them. They're in a phenomenal place with him as their as their coach. And then you have KU who brings in Leipold, and Leipold just breathes in new life to this KU program, having them as one of the undefeated teams left in the Big 12 and setting right up there with the big dogs of OU and Texas. And they just had to trust that they could bring in a guy to do this and that it would work. And Leipold and Kleiman are great examples of the risk you have to take sometimes if you want to bring competitiveness to your program in the conference. Because, and I've said it time and time again, the league is wide open. The league is wide open after OU and Texas leave. You're going to bring in Utah. Utah is going to dominate. We've seen what Colorado has started to do with their 3-1 and start. Of course, they didn't look great against Oregon, but what Dion has done, Dion, Dion Sanders will transfer portal and NIL deal Coach Gundy in circles. So you're bringing in a a good a good squad in Utah. You're bringing in a, a team in Colorado who understands what it takes to to make a change, to switch, to to succeed in this type of landscape with college football and then you you have what K-State and KU have done to be competitive in this league UCF has been a very good program over the course of the last 10 years same with BYU and so all of a sudden now Texas Tech has been disappointed I think you could argue that Texas Tech and Oklahoma State two most disappointing teams in the Big 12 and they'll get left in the past. It will be a change of guard, and it won't be Oklahoma State doing the changing. I think Iowa State's in a similar position as well because Matt Campbell just doesn't look like what he did two, three, four seasons ago. So Oklahoma State is in a very fragile state, at least at the football side of things, because their lack of wanting to change 
or being able to adapt to what college football is now. Mike Gundy is part of an old idea of, of football. And I think you're seeing this. I, I saw uh, Pete Mundo. He talked about this as well. Um, on on the, the website, video pops up. You can see Pete talk about it. But I think Nick Saban's struggling a little bit with it. And Dabo Sweeney and Mike Gundy, they just don't, they don't adapt. They've not adapted to this change of college football. And it's going to leave them stuck in the past. And Oklahoma State, again, I, I keep reiterating it because it is so important. It's a fragile time in the Big 12 because of realignment. The conference is wide open. And if you can say, hey, come here because we're the best team in our conference and our conference is among the top three because I think new Big 12, SEC, Big 10, Big 12 with with the ACC, if they make some additions, changes, they could certainly be right there. But we're the top three of conferences. You're going to get good bowls. You're going to get opportunities to play in the playoffs if you come here. You're going to get left behind. It'll be the teams going to the K-States, and can't believe I'm saying this, the KU's, the Utah's, the Colorado's. Now is not the time to be stubborn and refuse to make changes and move forward with your program. It's not. And Gundy might be stuck in the past. And if that's the case, then you have to bring someone else in that can make the change, that wants to make the change, that can adapt or has adapted, is young, and knows what they need to do to get talent to Oklahoma State. Because OU is leaving, and the whole little brother situation can be over in the Big 12 if you can figure this out. But if you don't realize that you're in trouble as a university, as a football program, because our coach can't make the change... It's, it's over. It's going to get ugly very quick, and it's going to be very hard to come back from. I just hope it's not too little too late. So, again, Oklahoma State has the week off. They can figure some things out. And I may throw all this away if the adjustments are made and the game plan looks great against K-State. You come out, you get a victory, you, you put a couple in a row, and you look rejuvenated. Gundy is certainly a good coach, a great coach, and he can figure it out, but he has to realize he needs to make a change. And he said two weeks ago, or a week ago, and said that there weren't any major issues. And that is him ignoring the problems. And that just cannot be what it is. There are major issues on this team. He is one of them. The quarterback situation is another. The run game is fine. The receivers are fine. The defense, start start to finish, especially the last two weeks, 33 and 34 points back-to-back weeks, and the quarterback situation are big problems. Big, huge problems. Problems that will cost you a bowl appearance, cost you a winning season, and could cost him his job. So those, those are things that need to be fixed, and he has to realize that he has to make the change. In other Oklahoma State news, because 
football season could go so bad that you want to think about basketball season and hope that it's going to go a lot better. The Big 12 schedule came out for basketball. Some notable games. Oklahoma State starts the season or starts Big 12 play uh, against Baylor at home. Uh, they have KU on the 16th, followed by K State on the 20th. Uh, K-State, I think, is going to be very good. Uh, the first KU game on the 16th is in, in Stillwater. K-State on the road. Uh, K-State, one of those teams that uh, I think is going to be ranked for the much of the season. They, they added some pretty good talent. They were really good last year, and they did just extend uh, Jerome Tang. Uh, and, then, of course, KU, probably one of the best teams in the country. Baylor is going to be very good as well. Uh, they have new new their first... Yes, their first new opponent, uh, new member of the Big 12, February 6th, Houston. Houston is their first, which Houston, again, going to be probably a top 10 program. Big 12 is going to be really good at basketball this year. Uh, the first Bedlam game is February 10th. That is in Norman. Then they have BYU and Cincy in back-to-back games on February 17th and the 21st. The second Bedlam game is February 24th. Their first game against UCF is February 28th. That's in Stillwater. Then they have Texas on March 2nd, and then they end the season with BYU. So they only take on UCF once. Uh, They just have Iowa State on their schedule once. They only take on Texas once. They do face KU twice. They face K-State twice. They only face West Virginia and BYU once. They'll fa- nope. They face BYU twice. They only face West Virginia once. They only take on Cincinnati once. So the schedule's a little different because of all the additions. Uh, but I think the 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 schedule is pretty tough because you do have KU twice. You do have K State twice. Um, you do not have Baylor twice, which is good to see. But outside of that, uh, the schedule is going to be difficult. You've got some of the really tough teams in the Big 12 a couple of times. No Houston twice, which is also nice. But Texas is going to be good. KU is good. K-State is good. Uh, West Virginia is good. And there's going to be some surprise teams. Houston is good. So uh, the Big 12 is going to be interesting to see in basketball this season. And I think it's only going to get better next year when you add in those other teams as well. Uh, in the Arizona and Arizona State and Colorado, who's like right outside the top 25 preseason. Oklahoma State, again, in a fragile spot on the basketball side of things because how uh, the changes keep making. But with the additions of Houston, UCF, Cincy, things are going to look pretty interesting in the Big 12 for basketball this year. It's the best conference already. It just got better with those additions of those teams. And will be interesting to see who comes out on top for that. So enjoy the bye week. Enjoy the off week. No Oklahoma State football fans can just watch football uh, without worrying about what Oklahoma State's going to do. And then we'll get set for the K-State game next Saturday. I'm Matt Jordan. Thanks for listening to the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network.